fun, all right? Um, whoa, 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 sorry. Um, John is out of town. Not sure where he's at. He's missing. You know where he's at. Let one of us know. Anyway, um, I, I hope some of y'all saw the uh, youth videos. They had a fun weekend this weekend. Uh, go watch a video with Stephen Cagle and one with Brandon. It's pretty funny. Check them out. They made it back safe, um, but they had a really good weekend. A lot of fun stuff going on, but... Um, anyway, uh, we've been going through a series on battling unbelief. Finding, uh, this week it's really going to be about like finding our rest in Jesus. But John, John brought up some really uh, good points and I just want to recap a little bit of it last week. He talked last week that this, just this thing of sin and Satan had been defeated on the cross and that in between uh, the, all that's left, the only battle that's left that we have left is the battle of unbelief. That, the, that at the cross, sin and Satan were defeated and so that we're not fighting those battles in essence in the same way anymore. The only place that those things can take a hold of our lives is in the battle of, or the arena of when we uh, don't walk in faith. So if we walk in unbelief. So what he was saying by, by that is that uh, he, the, the only opportunity that Satan finds is if he encourages you to walk out in sin and say, hey, don't believe what God said about this. Don't believe this thing that God is, is doing. Don't believe what I said about marriage. Don't believe what I said about maybe your school. Don't believe what I said about your uh, anointing in this life. Don't believe those things, but walk in unbelief. So the only place your flesh can take you as well is to places of unbelief. I mean, if you even look back at the garden, that's like the story of the garden is that Satan comes along and says, listen, is that really what God said? So when you pull back the layers, all of our sin and somehow is rooted in unbelief that you really don't believe God is who he says he is and what he says. So you don't really believe the promises of God to some degree. So the battleground, we find ourselves in a place of, are we going to believe God and take God at his word and the promises that he has for us? Or are we going to try to go out and step out on a ledge and do it on our own and, and try to work through unbelief? And so this is what I've really started to learn in the last couple of years. And the Lord has kind of taken me through a place of... Uh, for those of you who don't know me all that well, like I was saved at 19 uh, through just, I would say in my flesh, like random circumstances, you know, obviously the Lord was ordaining it all. But in the midst of that, the Lord has been taking me on this, on this process in which I find myself really in the last two, three years maybe, uh, and Rebecca, my wife, has been teaching me a lot about this, but just about being content and abundant living an abundant life in the Lord. See, my perception beforehand was that the Christian life is kind of like, um, it's a little bit um, uh, uh, boring, maybe. Maybe even a little bit uh, based around the rules, like you do this, you don't do that, all those different things. What the Lord is like releasing me into and releasing a lot of people around us is that the Christian life is actually supposed to be an abundant life. And that's actually the normal Christian life. And if you're not walking in those things, you're battling on some levels, some levels of unbelief. All right? So if you're not walking in an abundant Christian life right now, you are dealing with things where you just haven't believed God for, uh, for his word. The word is very clear, and hopefully we'll get to work through some of that, that your life 
shouldn't be, as a Christian, a Christian's life isn't miserable. Now, it can be hard, but a Christian's life isn't miserable. It's not uh, um, void of joy. It's not all, all those sort of things, but the Christian life should be full, it should be healthy. You should be, and I'm not talking about uh, a, physical, a physical health. I'm not talking about, like, um, you know, you, you should be able to, um, if you get a cold, you're going to get healed from it because you're a Christian. That's not it, right? It should be one of strength. Like, you should really be able to, uh, as a Christian, be becoming a stronger person in the Lord. Like a person of courage, we even talked about this morning. A person that's able to put themselves out there because of your strength you find in the Lord. It should be one that's full of joy. How many Christians do you actually know that walk in a lot of joy? They're actually happy. Like they don't have a frown on their face a lot of times. Uh, but because of unbelief, we, I'd put it this way. We wander in the wilderness in, in a place that's, that's dry, that's hot, this miserable, this aimless, and joyless. Because of our unbelief, we walk in a wilderness instead. But the Lord's desire for you, the Lord's heart for you, is that you would move into the promised land. But we don't, we end up in a place of wilderness. So Hebrews 4, 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands... Let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter the rest. So the New Testament talks about like this life of abundance, this life that we, uh, we can have in the Lord Jesus, as being one where you actually enter into rest. How many of you in here are really tired? Huh? At times, you feel like you're really tired. Um, and maybe a lot of us, you feel like you're a person, and I'm not talking about the pregnant ladies because y'all are always going to be tired. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of pregnant people in here. Um, there's no rest in Jesus in that, you know? I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, it, there is this, this idea in the New Testament that once you're in Jesus, you're moving into places of greater rest. That your life does find contentment, there's joy, there's health, there's strength. All those things, regard, and I'm talking about spiritual health, don't get me wrong. That you're, as you move in faith, you move from unbelief to belief in who Jesus is and what he's done for you on the cross. You're going to move into greater places of rest. And so the Lord desires instead of people being like burnt out and cranky and grumpy all the time, that he would, you would flow out of places of rest. Instead of being a person who ministers out of a place of compulsion or a place of uh, I have to do this, I have to do that, you minister out of a place of rest where I've rested with Jesus and now there's an overflowing place of compassion for people around me because I've been, I've been rested in the Lord. I, I've, I've drank in the presence of the Lord. That sounds weird, but I've taken in the presence of the Lord. I've found peace. I've found contentment. I've 
found a place of joy in Jesus, and now I can go out and, and minister to people. So let's pray and let's read some passages. Lord, you're so good to us. We thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I pray that this morning people would even work through their own life. Just are there places that are joyless in their life? Are there places where they're not content? Are there places where they're anxious and panicking? Lord, that's not your desire. Your desire, your scripture is clear that your desire is that we would step into places of rest, that we would find our contentment in you and that you would fill us up, that you are more than enough than we'll ever need. You are limitless, you're eternal, and you're sovereign. And so we can trust in you, Lord. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the best thing that I can come up with like is um, of... What do we need to be led out of this place of the wilderness? What do we need to be led out of the wilderness? And, and obviously if you're lost, like I gave a story one time of being lost in the world, woods while squirrel hunting. Some of you remember that. I was lost for 45 minutes, thought I was going to die. I was going to, uh, you know, uh, I was, thirst was, I was thirsty, you know, after 45 minutes. I was, I was scared out of my mind. I needed to be led by somebody out of the woods. You know, if you, if you want to hear the rest of the story, come up to me afterwards, I'll tell it to you. But I needed to be led out of the woods, so I'm shooting my shotgun up in the air. I'm like, help, help, somebody help me. I'm lost in the woods. And so I actually needed somebody to come find me and lead me out of that place of wilderness. And so in the same way, Jesus comes on the scene proclaiming to be a shepherd who wants to lead his people into green pastures. Like you get this picture while Israelites are walking through the wilderness and Moses, uh, Moses is a shepherd and he's leading his people into a promised land. In the same way, Jesus proclaims himself to be a good shepherd who wants to lead his sheep. Now, if you know anything about sheep, we're always proclaimed to be sheep in the scriptures, like that's the animal that we're um, most often compared to. Uh, and, and so uh, there's a lot of things that sheep are just kind of dumb animals, all right? They're really dumb animals. Some of them look uglier than others. Some of them are even more stupid than others. Uh, I mean, there's really, there's really, really stupid sheep. I mean, sheep, it's not uncommon for sheep just to run and jump off a cliff, all right? They'll just completely run and jump straight off a cliff. I watched some YouTube videos about it. I saw it happen. It's kind of funny in a morbid way. But sheep do stupid stuff. They get lost. Uh, they, they'll, just kind of, uh, they'll just kind of wander off and do their own thing. And, and they're super meticulous. They require more care than any livestock there is out there. That was an interesting thing I learned about sheep is sheep require more care and more watch than any other livestock animal. I mean, I spent a, I spent a month on a farm this last, um, this summer. I feel kind of like a farmer at times. Uh, and I really didn't do any farming, but I spent some time on a farm. And uh, we saw like livestock everywhere. Cows aren't exactly sheep. But, uh, but yeah, the, I feel like I kind of know what's going on, but sheep are, require just a lot of attention. They, they require all this care. They have to be watched over 24-7 um, because uh, they have no defenses. They're pretty defenseless animals, really. I mean, all they can really do is like ram you with their head and it's not even that strong. And so uh, sheep are pretty defenseless animals and they, they, they just have a lot of problems, really. Now, if that's true about sheep and, and, and God compares us to, 
to sheep uh, numerous occasions over and over and over. Obviously, we probably need a shepherd. Now, the interesting thing about sheep is they kind of will reject a shepherd at first until the, the shepherd develops a relationship with them. And so what I'm hoping this morning is if you're finding places of Uh, If you're in a place of discontentment, if you're in a place of feel like you're wandering, if you're in a place where you don't have peace or joy or all those different things, I'm hoping that you'll see Jesus as a good shepherd and turn to him in belief. In faith, you'll turn to Jesus and say, you are somebody worth following. You're somebody worth placing my care under. You're a good shepherd and you're worth me just sitting under you and being cared for by you. I believe that you have, are, are able to look out for my own good better than I would. That I would jump off a cliff given my own opportunity. I would actually just run straight in. I saw this one YouTube video of a sheep. He's just running. He runs straight into a wall. It's pretty awesome. A sheep just lick, licking an electrical fence. You know, sheep are stupid. Um, I would be the one sitting there licking an electrical fence over and over. He shocks like 20 times. You would think you would learn, but just like, like us, we never seem to learn. But Jesus comes on the scene. He proclaims himself to be the good shepherd. Catch this, John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy I came that they may have life and have life what? Abundantly. That means a really good life. The Lord intends for you to have a joyful life, a content life, a life that's meaningful. That's the Lord's intention for your life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. He who is hired is a hire, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So there are people out there, there are things out there that are not good masters. All right? There are many people, places, things out there, whatever it may be, you know, that aren't good masters for you. So that, that just means this. If you think your priority that's going to fulfill you in life is going to be being a doctor one day, that is a really bad master. It'll lead you down places as a shepherd that you're not meant to go, that aren't good for you. It cares nothing for you. But Jesus is coming on the scene and saying, I'm actually a good shepherd who cares about how you turn out. Okay? 14, skip down to uh, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. There's a relationship taking place there. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. So he's proclaiming at the end of this passage his right to be a shepherd over your life. The good shepherd. And his qualifications are this, that he bought you with blood. He bought you with blood. He bought a flock for himself through his death on the cross. He's proclaiming, he's saying, I actually laid down my life. This is the the most amazing thing that a shepherd could actually do for his sheep, whereas, whereas, uh, whereas a bad shepherd would just say, 
uh, who, who cares about the flock versus my own life? Uh, you know, you get these passages in the Old Testament where it talks about David defending his flock against bears and lions and different things like that. The bad shepherd says, I don't care when the lion comes along, I'm sparing myself. But Jesus' qualification as the good shepherd is he says, I've laid down my life for my sheep. What more do you need to believe me that I am worth following? What else do you need that I can offer any more to say that I'm a shepherd that's worth being under? So really what he's trying to establish is this. Will you believe me to follow me? There's nothing else I can do. Will you follow my care? And, and as I've learned in the last couple of years, I think, is that there's no better care than that of Jesus. Than following under the good shepherd, following under his care, there's no better care than, than Jesus himself. And so, and so I want to look at specifically um, what it is to be under Jesus' care, what it is to find yourself being shepherded by him, by being built up by him, by finding yourself in his safety and his places. And uh, King David really understood this. I mean, David obviously was a shepherd when he was a boy, and he understood this, the principles of shepherding. And he understood what it was to care for a group of sheep, to care for a flock. And so I'm going to try to use a lot of uh, sheepy terms this morning. Uh, there's a good book out there. I would encourage you to read it if you're interested by, um, that, uh, that Rebecca showed me. She, um, uh, she really teaches me a lot, this stuff. But uh, a look at a shepherd's heart. Or I'm sorry, a shepherd looks at Psalms 23. It's about a shepherd from Ethiopia, I believe it was from Ethiopia or Northern Africa, who just wrote a book on Psalms 23. And he gives all these amazing insights on what it is to just be a shepherd and to care for sheep. But uh, if you will turn to Psalms 23. So I'm getting a lot of my information from this book by Philip Keller. Uh, But Psalms 23, you probably all know it, but I really want to try to break it down on what it is just to be under the shepherd's care. How is he a good shepherd? So David knew this personally, what it was to be under the, 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 the shepherd's care. He knew all the different aspects that go along, and he entrusted his life to the Lord. 23 starts here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Catch that again and just like let it sit in for a second. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. That's like, that's a really powerful thing to say is that, because we really walk in this life like having cravings and desires, right? Most of the time, really feeling like there's something more. But when we, when we walk in belief, we find ourselves content in the shepherd's care. The good shepherd's care. He's the first, the, one of the first things that it begins to explain to us that being under the shepherd's care is we no longer move in these cravings and desires that we once had anymore, but we find ourselves in, in faith, obviously driven by faith, in a place of contentment. So ask yourself this. Do you know... Do you know um, in your heart, 
You can know, first of all, if, you've, if you're living in a place of unbelief, if you're living in a place of uh, you're not under the shepherd's care, maybe you're not even a sheep of the shepherd, you'll know you're living in that place of unbelief because you'll always be saying, I want. I want this. I want that. Like, I want a new job. I want a new, you know, like... I don't know, some of these guys, maybe like I want a new boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't know how that works anymore, but you know, uh, but I want, I want a new car, you know, I want, you know, maybe I just want a new, a new degree will make everything better for me. I want, you know, this next thing. The, to use an analogy, the grass is greener on the other side. If I was just in this place, Life would be so much better than on this side, right? Youth, like, the youth are always struggling with this stuff because they see people, like, if I looked a certain way, life would be better. But what Jesus is saying as being the good shepherd and what um, David is proclaiming about Jesus ultimately is that when you fall under the shepherd's care, you no longer find yourself in discontent. You find yourself in a place of contentment. You find your soul satisfied with Jesus himself. Your soul is fully satisfied in Jesus. I mean, you know, and you know this even at the, the basic level. Matthew 6.25 talks about the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, is incredibly aware of your needs, your, your food, shelter, and safety, etc. You know? like, so you don't even have to worry about the temporal stuff. He releases you from that. He says, let me take care of it. The Lord even knows how to clothe you or what you should put on, you know. If he knows how to clothe the lilies of the field, he says things like that. You don't even have to necessarily like be anxious and and driven by those things. And so you can be released from them and you can find yourself in a place of belief trusting that the Lord is a good shepherd and can give you whatever you need. But the discontented Christian will always say the grass is greener on the other side. Like sheep, sheep that, um, there always seems to be like sheep, as Philip Keller talks about, that try to break through the, uh, try to break through the fences. They'll try to uh, squeeze through to get onto the other side. It doesn't matter how green the grass is on one side. He'll try to squeeze through and, and get into another field. They're called, they're called fence crawlers is the, the term. He, that's a sheep term in case you didn't know. Fence crawlers. And in Christian terms, we would call them carnal Christians. All right? The, the carnal Christians have the tendency to look into the world and say, man, that, that looks really fun over there. The problem with that, and Scripture is pretty clear, on fence crawlers have the tendency, sheep have a tendency to pull other sheep with them. So if one sheep starts going through a hole in a fence, like, and, and maybe like wanders out to the ocean or something like that, wants to go for a swim, I don't know what sheep do, um, but they, they, they'll fall, the other sheep will start to follow fence crawlers. And so what the, what the shepherd ultimately has to do, and this is kind of sad, is he's got to take them out. The, the sheep becomes lamb chops later down the road. Uh, and so, but 
Am I saying the carnal Christian gets taken out by the Lord? I mean, Scripture does seem to allude that a Christian that stays too much on the opposite side of the fence, the Lord has got no use for them anymore. He's got to take them out. Lamb chops. Anyway, uh, the next place that we find ourselves is I shall not want. I shall not want anymore. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Doesn't that sound really nice? Like just to lay down in green pastures. Does some of you just want to like lay down in green pastures? Uh, when I was out on the, fi- on the farm, it was kind of nice to just go out and lay it out in green pastures. I don't know. Um, but, but really what he's talking about here is he makes you to lie down in green pastures. The nature of the sheep isn't actually to lie down and rest. The nature of the sheep is actually opposite of that. There's a couple of things that this Philip Keller, he talks about that are necessary for uh, a sheep to actually lie down. And it's, it's kind of interesting. I think it's similar to us. First of all, a sheep must be free of fear to lie down. A sheep must be f- uh, free of fear. So they have to be in a place where they're not worried about, hey, is, 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 is there a wolf in the area? I've got to be free of, is there, is there things around me, you know? So the, a, a sheep, is, for it to actually rest, has got to be free of that, or, unless it, it'll, never, it'll never actually lay down. So are you driven by fear in your life? Are you driven by things that are in the shepherd's care that you have no control over? If so, you'll never find a place of rest. Even at night, you'll find yourself just lying awake saying, you know, I need to take care of this, I need to take care of that, I need to do all these things. And you'll find yourself in a place of constant anxiety. But have you found yourself in a place of releasing that fear to the shepherd and saying, I've got a good shepherd who is looking out for me. Sometimes he stays up all night watching out over me, making sure that I'm taken care of. I've got a good shepherd. So if there's fear in your life, you'll never move into a place of rest. Have you been able to release that? Free from friction with other sheep. Sheep will never lay down if they're constantly like button heads with one another, all right? So sometimes there's a bully in the midst of, of sheep, uh, sheep, whatever, and um, circles, you know? The, I don't know if they're sheep gangs or anything of that nature, but there does seem to be like pods of sheep that, that will uh, uh, begin to bully other sheep, and what happens is there ends up being friction among the, the sheep where it creates such a level of anxiety and unrest that the sheep can never lie down and rest. The sheep can never, can never take, it, take it easy. So in the New Testament terms, Jesus says the, the, he's given us the spirit so that we may flow together as one, that, that we may be people that have the same mind as one another, the same spirit. That there shouldn't be this friction and this conflict between us. And if there is, we have the opportunity to, to work it out with one another as the Spirit leads us and directs us. He's given us and blessed us with the same Spirit. And we should be moving in the same place. So the Good Shepherd is releasing that friction 
And here's the thing, and I, t- I talk about this sometimes a lot. Within, within the congregation, there shouldn't be the friction of bullying one another around. There shouldn't be this place where I push you this way and you push back and we're constantly like living in these worlds of, uh, of pushing back. This is my ministry. You got to be on board with this. You got to be on board with this. You know, like uh, I'm going to bully you into this place. The, the Lord himself is not a bully. He's never going to force you to do anything that you're not called to do. We shouldn't live in that place either. There shouldn't be that friction between us. We should, we should be... We should be driven out of the same spirit, which is loving. So if there's friction, they won't, they won't settle down. They won't lie down. Third, they've got to be, to lie down, sheep have got to be free of pest. Free of pest, you know, like, they can't be like flies buzzing around them all the time. There can't be like this, this ticks attached to him. The shepherd has actually got to go in. This sounds nasty. He's got to, he's got to dig out all the ticks that are connected to him, you know. All the different, if they get different things, they have a tendency to get things like, uh, I think it's ringworm or something like that. Sounds gross. But they've got to be free of those things so that they can actually lie down and rest. And, I, and I'll be real short with this one. So the Lord, I, I strongly believe the Lord wants to remove pest out of your life. What are those pests? It's just the sins. It's the same old sins that continue to buzz around us all the time. They continue to bother us. They continue to pester us over and over. The Lord wants to release you from those things. He actually wants to take care of them. He wants to clean them out so that you can actually like lie down and rest. Because if I've got, if I've got things that I'm, uh, that I'm dealing with, I'll never be able to find and sit in a, a place of rest. I'll never be able to get a good night's sleep knowing that, like, I've got these things that are just attached to me all the time. I've got this bondage that I'm in. If I'm not released from it, I will never find rest. And the shepherd knows that and wants to help you along the way with that. He actually, a good shepherd, wants to release you of those pests. Lastly, free from hunger. So, a good shepherd knows that his sheep will never lie down if they're hungry. They'll constantly be foraging for food everywhere. They'll go to other places. They'll, they'll, they'll start picking out, you know, all this different stuff. If the shepherd hasn't spent time working on his actual pasture himself and feeding good stuff. So it, me as a pastor, I'm just thinking this way. As a shepherd, being under the good shepherd, uh, is if we're not feeding you guys like we should... If we're not tilling that ground, preparing it for green pastures, if we're not getting it ready, if it's not like good grass and you're just foraging on all the, the junk that's out there in the field, you'll never be full and you'll constantly be in a place of being restless. In the same way, if you're not feeding on the Lord, you'll constantly be in a place where you're hungry and you'll go looking for food in every different place. So if you're, not, if you're not seeking out the good shepherd for food, it, it, you will be in a place of where you'll go to this place searching for food. You'll say, man, my, I'm really hungry. I'm really discontent. There's something within my soul that just needs to be fed. And you'll seek it out everywhere besides the Lord if you're not filled up. You'll never rest if you're hungry. So the importance of resting 
is this. This was really interesting. Sheep, the only way sheep get like fatter, I guess, is, and um, it, like the fatter they are, the more healthy they actually are. The only way like sheep get really he- healthy is if all those things have taken place within their lives and they're actually able to just lay down and rest. So if sheep like will feed early in the morning, it'll get up, feed early in the morning, and then a sheep will lay down and be able just to rest in their day because all the things that, it, that were taken off, or all those things had been worked out, they're able just to kind of rest in the heat of the day. You will never be able to rest in the heat of the day if those things have not taken place in your life. If you haven't allowed the good shepherd to work those things out, if you haven't allowed the, the, the good shepherd to take away the fear, the anxieties in your life, if you haven't allowed the shepherd to remove the pest, if you haven't allowed the, 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 uh, the shepherd to produce a unity within the, the flock, you'll never rest. If you're still hungry, you'll never rest. But the shepherd, a good shepherd, wants his flock to find rest. Nextly, next, nextly, I don't even, I make up words sometimes. Nextly. 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. What a great passage. He leads me beside still waters. If I find myself thirsty, it probably means that I am going to watering holes that can't provide any refreshment. Sheep sometimes, sheep sometimes on the way down to the watering hole, they'll, they'll find places that is, is muddy water and the shepherd will have to prod them along to keep on going. That, hey, there's better water down here to be refreshed by. There's, there's water that is actually going to sustain you, to, to keep you alive. If you drink that water, it's going to make you sick. You know, sometimes even the, that water will have, you know, I don't want to get too explicit with kids in the room, but there'll be nasty stuff in that water because other sheep have gone ahead of them. <laughs> you get the picture. There's a proverb that says, like, uh, um, that kind of reminds me, like, uh, like a dog returns to its, you know, the, you know what it is, right? Like a dog returns to his vomit, you know? There's this idea that, uh, you know, we'll return to the places of dirty water sometimes. We'll return to those places where we, it provided partial refreshment, but ultimately it just made us sick. And it made us, it, 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 it it just did something within us. Never mind, not going there. But the Lord actually wants to take you to clean water. He wants to refresh you. He wants your soul to be refreshed. The good shepherd will take you down to the waters that are, are cool and refreshing. And the, the thing about the still waters is unique. It's peaceful. It's not like a crazy ocean. It's not this wildness going on there. It's not all, all that stuff going on. It's a still place. It's a place of peace. The Lord wants to move you into places of peace where you're refreshed and renewed. What a great picture. And this is kind of interesting as well, but sometimes along the way this happens. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Why would your soul need to be restored, you think, maybe? Sometimes sheep, there, there was a, 
Are y'all getting tired of sheep yet? Sometimes sheep like turn over on their backs. They get real comfortable in a place. They get a little too comfortable in a place. They turn over on their backs and they, they, they fill up with a gas or they fill up with gas. The youth are laughing, but it's true. They fill up with gas and they can't actually turn back over. They're like, yeah, let me turn over, you know. They can't get back on their feet. Now, it sounds really funny to say that. I'm not calling you guys gassy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that sometimes we have to be restored. Like sheep actually will die if they lay on their back for too long. They'll, if they lay on their back for too long, they'll actually, they'll, actually, they'll actually die. And so sheep require a shepherd to come through and actually turn them right side up. Like sometimes in this Christian walk, we do get turned over on our backs. We get real comfortable in places sometimes. And we get, we get turned over on our backs and it requires us to get turned right back side up. The Lord wants to restore your soul to a place where you're being refreshed, you're peaceful, you're content, all those different things. The Lord wants to see you restored and redeemed. And we need that in our life. We need a good shepherd who will be on the lookout for those sheep that have been turned upside down and need to be restored. Lastly, um, or two more, I'm sorry. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's a really big one. Sheep have a tendency to get lost. They have a tendency to go all over the place. They have a tendency just to, to go off in other directions. But the good shepherd is leading them down paths of righteousness, the right path. The good shepherd, so you're confused about, should I go to this school? Should I go to that school? Should I marry this person? Should I marry that person? Should I do this job? Should I do that job? That's not the, that's not the answer to figure out. That's not the question. The good shepherd will lead you there You just got to be following the shepherd. You got to stick close to him and he'll get you to that place. So uh, John says it all the time, like that guy or that girl that you're maybe with and you're confused about whether or not you should get married, you just pursue the Lord and see who's with you along the way. See who's with you along the way. I think that's great advice. You know, you're confused about that job or whatever it is. You just get real close to the Lord, spend some time with the Lord, and see where you end up. It'll be the right place. He will lead you down that path of righteousness for his own name's sake. He wants to see you in the right place because that's what most glorifies him is when you go down that path of righteousness. He doesn't want to see you lost. He doesn't want to see you going this direction. He doesn't want to see you going all these different Because then he's got to just go find you. And the, th- the cool thing is he will, go, he will go find you. He'll go searching for you. He'll seek you out when you, get lo- when you get lost. He'll spend days doing it sometimes. In fact, sometimes the shepherd will leave the entire flock just to go get one sheep. And, and Isaiah talks about us being sheep. It, it says, sheep, we're like sheep that are easily led astray. We, 
we quickly go off the path. You, you all know this, you know, like I know this, like I quickly leave the path of righteousness, but he wants to come and find us and put us back on that path of righteousness. Are we willing to believe and have faith in the good shepherd that he's good at doing that? And then lastly this, 23, four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now we're getting ready to watch a a video, but this is really big. This is where I want to kind of pull it in is that so all those things the Lord is doing in our lives, you know, like I shall not want. He wants to make me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the quiet waters. He restores my soul. And even in the place where it feels like he's the most absent, in the shadow of the valley of death, he's right there with you. He's leading you in the midst. He's standing right there beside you. He's saying, I'm a good shepherd. I know what it is to go through death. I can lead you out of it. He can take you through it. And what you will find is when you turn to the good shepherd is that his rod is right there to guard you. He's right there to lead you in the midst of it. And so when you're struggling with cancer, you're in the valley of the shadow of death, you find Jesus right there with you, leading you through it. Paul says, I've found contentment in all circumstances. I found contentment in every circumstance I've ever been in. Paul has found the ability to rest even when he's in a jail cell. The most miserable place you could be in this earthly world, just a jail cell, a crummy jail cell, and he's found contentment even there. Have you found contentment where you're at? Have you found joy where you're at? Have you found peace where you're at? Regardless of your circumstances, even in the valley of the shadow of death, are you able to claim that for yourself? Are you living an abundant life? We're going to show a video here, and um, it's a little cheesy, but you'll get the point. Uh, It's about how sheep really know their shepherd's voice. Uh, And it's in a different language. I don't even know what they're speaking so you'll have to excuse that, but you'll understand the, po- the point um, when we show it. So,
That's good. That's good. All right. Y'all kind of get the point, right? Sheep know the shepherd's voice. You end up wanting to fall on the bank and come up. Here's the question. Have you put your faith in following the good shepherd? Do you know his voice? Do you know the good shepherd's voice as he leads you? Is he leading you along? Is there discontentment in your life? Is there discouragement in your life? Not that there's not gonna be discouragement, but is there places where you haven't turned it over to the good shepherd's care? Can you even call yourself one of a sheep? Because if you're not one of a sheep, you're not hearing his voice. You're either a goat or a wolf. It's the only options you got. So, maybe this morning you really are struggling with like discontentment. Maybe you're really struggling with, I've got no rest. It's hard for me when I lay down at night just to say, pass out and sleep contently because you know you're in the hands of a good God who loves you so much. Maybe you just like stay up at night because there's fear, anxiety just racking you. You need to be released from. Maybe there's pests that are around you that are just driving you crazy. Maybe there's just things that are preventing you from just walking in faith with the good shepherd. And you just need to release it to him. You need to say, Lord, I live in the land of unbelief now, but I really want to move into this place of abundant life. I need to move into this place where I'm being led by the good shepherd where I'm no longer wandering in these dry and aimless places, where I'm no longer like just scratching to just get ahead. But I can release that to you. I can just find my joy and my satisfaction in Jesus. And when when those times when I taste Jesus and I experience his presence, I'm just filled up with him. I find him to be all that I want and more than enough. Maybe you need that right now in your life and and the Lord is just asking you to respond in some way. It's, like, it's just kind of like this, you know. You, you hear the Lord talking to you sometimes. If it were to be like um, my buddy Seth or my wife or, or somebody like that, they're talking to me and sometimes I just space out, you know. Um, I, I get totally lost. And they're like, are you even listening to me? And, and I have to be like, oh, you're just gonna have to say it again. I didn't hear your voice <laughs> all that well. Because what you want from that person is a response, right? Like if the Lord is talking to you, he wants you to respond to that voice. 
So if you're, just, um, if you're just discouraged right now, if you're living in that place of just going down your own path, just, uh, let's spend a little time in prayer with one another. Feel free to come down here and pray or just pray in your seat or wherever. We're gonna spend a little time in worship and just working through some stuff with the Lord. So Lord, I just pray even now if people are just, um, there's, there's just a space missing in their life where they know they need to be filled up. They need a shepherd to lead them. They're lost and gone astray. Lord, I pray, first of all, that those people would turn to Jesus, that Jesus would become so real in their life and they would find a good shepherd who wants to lead them, who wants to love them, and has done everything necessary to prove that he's a good shepherd. He laid his life down for them. Lord, I just pray for the people in here that are experiencing just an empty place of just being discontented with their walk, where they're always seeing the grass is greener on the other side. Lord, I pray that you would just turn them back to the, the field that you've prepared. Turn them to places where they need to be refreshed. And Lord, for those people that need their soul to be restored where they've been turned over on their back maybe they've gotten too comfortable in a place and they and they find themselves unable to get up out of out of that place they're in they're stuck in a pit they need somebody just they need the good shepherd just to restore them lord i pray that they would come out come down and just or in their seat just ask call out say I need a good shepherd to come and right put me right side up Lord we thank you for Jesus thankful for all that he means in my life and what he means in all these guys life and all that you want to bring us into the abundant life that you have for us Lord I pray that we would walk in it no more wilderness That's why I'm crying out for this congregation. No more wilderness. But moving into places of greater levels of joy. Not happiness, but joy. Lord, we love you.